BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, all right, all right. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of In Liberty and Health. We are going to do copious amounts of talking crap. I know I'm not supposed to swear in the first few minutes, so um, that's all fine and dandy. Um, hopefully, everyone listening out there is doing fantastic on this wonderful Thursday night. Uh, it is a long weekend for me, so I'm very, very much so looking forward to this conversation here. You would think I would have canceled out the tab that I just uh, clicked up, but that's okay. Um <laughs> Uh, today we're going to be talking about some left-right divides, and I'm sure plenty of other topics will come up. Specifically, uh, music, which is one that I'm very, very passionate about. So, um, while I'm kind of in the realm of music, make sure you go to commoncrown.com or um, go to a Common Crown's page on Facebook or even my page on Twitter and find the link where you could save our newest single, "Cry," which is coming out on January 12th. Um, I've been popping this song a lot because I think it's going to be absolutely crushed. I think all you guys are absolutely going to love it. So I'm super excited for that. Also hit all the links below to figure out what I got going on. Um, MTS nutrition and tigerfitness.com and LMNT as well. Fox and Sons coffee use code Kyle checkout for the best coffee that's out there right now. I've been drinking like a whole pot every single morning and you will be too, as soon as you get it. So that is Fox and Sons coffee.com use code Kyle at checkout. And um, I guess without further ado, guys, let's rock and roll. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Lorenzo, welcome back. Hey, I, uh, how's it going? Fantastic. Um, as I said earlier, it's a long weekend for me. Um, you know what? I should have grabbed a glass of whiskey or something like that. I told everybody I was thinking about drinking tonight, but I decided not to. I know you're a little too young for that. Well, <laughs> I actually, I had a, uh, I had my autism wave. <laughs> I, uh, um, but I, I had a, uh, great dinner. So I feel like I'm, I, I made a breakfast burger. Mm-hmm. Bur- burger scrambled eggs bacon well burger patty cheese like you know obviously then scrambled eggs and yeah. bacon a little bit of hot sauce on top on some texas toast really good 
Big fan. Nice, nice. Uh, the barbecue restaurant by me called Big Rigs, they had a uh, breakfast burger, something similar to that, where they had like fried chicken, a burger on uh, two waffle buns. And my wife sent it to me because she knows that that's like my favorite place in the world. And uh, that's not quite like my burger, but it does look pretty damn good. Um, we'll, have yeah. to, we'll have to have it next time I come up to Pittsburgh. Well, they only do these burger specials like once a week, and it was a different one. And I, every single one I've ever had has just been out of this fucking world. I um, mean, as long as I'm having big rigs, uh, you've talked up big rigs. And now that I've had Texas barbecue, I need to see if how it compares. I'm pretty sure I saw somebody talking shit on Texas barbecue recently. Yeah, it was Josh. It was Josh Smith. <laughs> was it really? It was, yeah, it was Josh Smith saying that it was shit. And that oh. was St. Louis barbecue is the best. Uh, I like mm. St. Louis style barbecue. It's the place that my uh, hometown barbecue place, which actually I took my girlfriend to when I took, uh, brought her up uh, the past week. Um, and uh, looks like we've got a whole group of people in the in the chat. Yeah, Very good uh, to Meredith. See. I've seen a lot of shit on Texas barbecue. Now, does that mean? Um, like good or bad shit. Uh, love all love all barbecue. I mean, I'm the same exact way. And thank you so much, Yeehaw Yinzer. I don't know if he wants me to use his real name. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, brothers. Um, yes, thank you so much for the super chat. I really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the same way as Meredith. Like, as long as it's barbecue, I don't really care. I have no understanding of barbecue dialects. People talking I, shit. Yeah, I like all <laughs> any barbecue. I will have is great. The biggest thing I like about Texas barbecue is the fact that they do more beef than anything else. Like beef, I love beef short ribs. Beef ribs are like yes, beef ribs are absolutely fantastic. Um, I really like burn ends. So like, typically what they'll do with burn ends is that sometimes it'll be like brisket. So they'll get the ends of the brisket and then cut it off and then put in barbecue sauce. Or sometimes they'll get just like pork belly, which is the way that I do it when I cook. Um. Uh, pork belly they'll cut it up and then smoke it and then put a little bit of barbecue sauce on it and it's just like the greatest thing in the world it like melts in your mouth that sounds great that yes. reminds me are you gonna are you gonna come out to childerberg i yeah. i don't know i would really really like to i don't know if it's gonna happen but i would really really like to because i know um our i don't know if you know tommy salmons i know uh, sure i was you know on who he is. i was on a your live stream with him and he said that megan mccain is a cinnamon girl that's all i <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my like we talked about metal uh, and i would i mean i was gonna say because i know you had talked about seeing him at Chilbert, and since it's like 45 minutes from austin i'll probably just spend the day there i won't do like a camping thing but if you come down i have to take you there's a place called cooper's that has really good barbecue and really good beef stuff oh i feel like i've heard that place in particular before and i don't know why i feel like somebody else has told me that maybe i'm full of shit but um yeah, I, I really, really wanted to go down there because Tommy and I have been pretty good friends for the last two years. And I know that, uh, you know, Childerberg is kind of like his thing. And also like Buck and a bunch of other really, really great people all go to Childerberg. And uh, unfortunately, last year was the year that my wife and I got married. So like a lot of the traveling was kind of like not not this year. Yeah. But this year it's looking a little bit better, but I'm just not 100% sure if uh, that's all going to kind of work out in my favor. Yeah, no, I get that. I if it wasn't for if it wasn't for the fact that I like you know the fact that I'm 45 minutes away from it helps. Um, and I'd like to see some of the people and and uh, just you know spend a day with with people that are drunk and shouting racial slurs. Sounds like a great day. But 
That, that's like my average work day. <laughs> well, it's 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 fine as well, and then we can get into this later. But like, it, I think your work. So we should definitely circle back to that, um, because it mm -hmm. it gets it gets to some stuff that we've been talking about. But do you want to hop into kind of our first big thing? Yeah. Well, you had brought up that you originally wanted to do this show because um I, there's a very very large divide in our neck of the woods about the left and the right and um i i kind of i cringe when people say right wing because i had somebody tell me once that uh i don't know why i said somebody's but one specific person had told me that like oh you're only right wing if you're religious and married and i'm like okay well now you're talking about like this super small group of people that like the people that you're looking for that would be considered right wing if you're already saying right wing in terms of like the the classical and i know i'm kind of dancing around this but it, it'll make sense in a second like if you're looking for po politically active dissident right wing people who are you know older traditionally minded and married this is a very very small group of people right like people probably like us and i check most of these boxes but i'm not religious so therefore, I guess I'm not right wing, even though like I've grown up in rural Pennsylvania, I'm married, I've been with the same woman for five years faithfully, um, but I'm not right wing because I'm apparently not religious. Like you, you see how like yeah, the purity spiraling well, goes and it can get to be a real circle jerk. So this is kind of why like I cringe when I hear right wing a lot of well, the time anymore. And I, I agree with that. And I also with the thing of I also think that gatekeeping and purity tests are good to an extent mm -hmm. like i don't know if you saw uh, a few months ago i did a thing like you know if you agree with these two things like i put a thing of like do you agree with this and this if you don't agree with either of them you're not a libertarian and it was like legalization of heroin and repealing of the civil rights act kind of two like hot button things that weren't cultural and i got so many people angry at me and like you're this is and well, was like this is just basic principle stuff so i think that maintaining good principles is good with the other thing of it's okay if someone isn't that and they're a very good ally. Like, mm -hmm. um, try to think of a good example. Okay. Well, uh, real quick, perhaps we could dwell on this for a second. Like, well, when you say really good ally, um, I think there needs to be context to that. Right. And I'm, I'm sure you probably agree with this, but like, um, when it comes to foreign policy things, this is probably where we're going to disagree, but like, People could shit on Caitlyn Johnstone all day, every day. And I know David in the chat's probably going to shit on her. And, and look, <laughs> no, I, 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 I completely, yeah, no, no, it's completely fair. I understand and I agree with all your criticisms, but her writing when it comes to anti imperialism is way better than any right winger today. I, I and I do yeah. not say that, I don't say that with joy. This isn't something like I'm proud to say, but like she is better on all the anti war issues than any notable right winger today. And, and people want to suck Matt Gates's dick. <laughs> I get it. But like, lest guy. we not, yeah, let he's he's great on a lot of stuff, but like, we should not forget that he went completely establishment when it came to Israel Palestine. And like, you could even see the, um, the cognitive dissonance like the gears grinding in his mind when he says we shouldn't take the people's goodwill towards israel when it comes to funding ukraine and it's like well you see what the problem here is yeah right? oh i i totally get it and i is this i'm sorry but pat buchanan yes pat buchanan okay yeah and okay well that's the 
but he's no longer prominent. And, and I'm sorry to talk. We need the next Buchanan. We need the next Buchanan. Right. And, and and also what I'd say is when it comes to allies, what I was more and we can get into the Caitlin Johnstone stuff. Sure. What I was more thinking, um, and I saw you had him on, I think last night or the night before, the Paleo GOP guy. I forget Brandon. Brandon Harness. Yes, he's yeah. a f- absolutely fantastic person. He's someone where I'm like, would I call him a libertarian? No. Would I call him a great ally and <laughs> i am not the next buchanan i am a only if <laughs> um but the you know he's not a libertarian but i am more inclined to ally with him on basically 90 percent of the stuff and i think he would freely admit no i'm not a libertarian i think it's okay to not try and i and i my point with all that the, the, the litmus test stuff was to kind of weed out the people that treat the libertarian stuff and especially LP focused stuff as like this cool kids club where they, they, they take the label and they, and they try to show how great they, you know, it's like they're cool because they're not part of a duopoly. And it's like, well, you can be a very good conservative. And you're, if you're like, yeah, I don't really agree with some of the hardline stance of libertarianism, that's fine. It's probably good. You're probably more well-adjusted than any of us are. But, you know, that's where I was going. with When it comes to the Caitlin Johnstone stuff, and this is what I was going to get at with, like, the against the left. It's funny because you put the against the left with Lou Rockwell, but Lou Rockwell liked so put a lot of Caitlin Johnstone's um, writings up. But here is my issue. Oh, these, so there's a few and I'll, I'll start, I'll, I'll lay them out in the order that I feel is good. Sure. You start out with people like Kate and Lynn Johnstone, and I'm going to also put people like Max Blumenthal in this and other anti leftists that are good on certain anti-war things, right? Le- le- basically left anti-imperialists. Yeah. Okay. That's a good example. Cause I don't, I wouldn't, the, the first thing I would say is that they're not, I wouldn't particularly consider them anti-war. I, I think that if uh, now Caitlin maybe more so even though I really don't like her um, but you know a lot of the the people that are 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 especially a lot of like the pro-palestine left the ones that really latch onto that like someone like Roger Waters who is great on like Israel Palestine and some of the Russia Ukraine stuff but if it was like a socialist country kind of invading another one a lot of those a lot of those types would start kind of backing away. It's an anti-Western, anti-American imperialist, anti like it's that kind of mindset. And I think that people need to recognize it as that mindset instead of just being, well, these guys are great on anti-war. Let's like do a full it's like you can try making bridges with them, but they're not anti-war for the same reasons. And I think it's very important to keep that in mind. Um, second, so yeah, that's, that's the first thing is like, they're not anti-war per se. They're anti the U S doing war. I, or a capitalist country doing war or a country doing war against countries, which I'm, that's fine. But it needs to be addressed as that because it's a very different thing from the libertarian stance on anti-war. The second thing is when I look at some of the optics stuff. And I'm not one that really cares a lot about optics in certain lights, but I think it's important in other lights. Um, And I mean that in like, 
I don't care about optics as if our next presidential candidate said the N word. I don't care about that because oh, that, that, that's a perfect clip. <laughs> <laughs> I would encourage that. Uh, I do think there are certain things that, okay, here's an example. The, the, the pro Palestine left, Let's take so I was kind of taking a, a step back and kind of looking at this is going to bring in some of the stuff I was thinking about. I was looking at how this the latest Israel Palestine conflict has brought out a certain how it's played out because it's very interesting. Um, I saw some stuff that I think is like Gen Z does not care about Israel. They're either, they don't care or like are actively anti-Israel. Like there is, there is not the support for Israel that there is even among millennials, Gen X, whatever. It's just not there. And that's kind of interesting in a way where you have this, this kind of first major conflict in Israel in a while. Like there was something in 2014, but this is like the propaganda machine is going all on board. Have you seen how Israel has like, oh, hey, Dickie, Dickie popped in. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, have you seen how like the state of Israel is like putting ads on Twitter and other and their other conglomerate organizations like pro-Zionist Jew? And I want to make a pro-Zionist thing as well because I've, you know, I gr I've grown up in a Jewish background on uh, stuff. Sure. I think it's important to make that distinction. Um, so there's, there's that. And then there's what's going on with the, the pro how, Oh, uh, Meredith, I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, bookmark <laughs> that I fashion experiment. I long story short, I've been wearing more green because my girlfriend says my eyes look good in green. So fair enough. Um, I, Okay, so the pro-Palestine left, and this is where I'm starting to think about optics and stuff. Technically, us anti-war libertarians, or libertarians in general, are nominally closer to that side. You know, we're more, it's anti-war, the Palestinians are living under bad conditions, you know. Now, granted, my whole stance on it is I hope they both lose. I hate I hate every bit of every side in that. I think that it's just a, I hate every bit of it, <laughs> and I hope both sides lose, and I never have to hear about it again. Mm -hmm. But the I if you look at the pro Palestine left in America, optically, I don't think any libertarian should try to attach itself to that movement. And the reason why is because they're fucking retarded. They're doing things, you know, like it's, you know, you have a, a, a whole group of people that are doing the same tactics that all the leftist types do, you know, blocking roads, doing this and that, and becoming a general nuisance to everyone. The last thing I as a libertarian would want to do is be like, yep, those are my guys. We are on one struggle and this is not even accounting for some of my, like some of the Jew stuff. It's literally just like, they're a bunch of angry teenagers that think that 
they just they they hate white people and they think that Jews are white people. Ignoring that other thing, it's just they hate white people and they want to see brown people take over. That's straight up modern leftism. <laughs> so, you know, when you look at the intricacies of that issue, yes, there is a lot of cause to be more on the Palestinian side. Would I try to align myself with those groups now? No, because right now they're blocking roads, they're setting Christmas trees on fire, and they're making a nuisance, and I don't want that to tarnish my reputation. Okay. All right. So you tell me where you want to start first. Um, we could start with the anti-American sentiment amongst leftists because I do have issues with that. And then the optics of the pro-Palestinian side of the left, which um, I, I don't think we're going to find nearly as much disagreement here. Um, you tell me where you want to start and we will Let's start go with there. the Palestine stuff. Okay. So the pro-Palestinian marches, I do think are a little ridiculous. And I, I tweeted out and I'm surprised it did like really good numbers. It was, uh, I don't want to say it was like a throwaway tweet, but I said, um, if you're blocking roadways and disturbing the movement of peaceful people, then I do not feel bad if you get hit by a car. Um, the same way if you go to, I don't know, let's say Mike Tyson on an airplane and you start dropping hard R's and calling him a hard R to his face and he knocks all your teeth down his throat or down your throat. Do I necessarily think that he was right doing that? No, but also calling a world championship boxer a hard R to his face um, is not exactly a wise thing to do. <laughs> I, mean, I think I think this is pretty well established. So yeah, it's... Um, the, the one thing, though, that we should kind of learn is that like at least and perhaps maybe I, I agree with you a little bit more than you might think um, when it comes to like the leftist protesting. I do agree that like a lot of the pro Palestine marches, I think, do come from in a general anti-white sentiment where um they're looking at it through like a very marxist worldview of basically like oppressor versus oppressed but like in this situation i think they're more right than wrong so like yes the palestinians are absolutely an oppressed people um i, I do take a little bit of issue with like i hate both sides the both sides arism and kind of taking it neutral and maybe you're not doing this and maybe i'm just interpreting you wrong but like i should I hate... clarify that i should clarify yeah go ahead go ahead here, here's here's my thing with it. Basically, exactly. It, yes, I, I agree yeah. with this. I'm I'm sorry, but yeah, preventing the movement of peaceful people on property you don't understand amount to kidnapping. Fuck around and find out. I I 100% agree. Yes, if you were holding me hostage or any person hostage and preventing their peaceful movement when they have done nothing wrong to you, that is at a certain point. If you refuse to peacefully let that person go about their business, you are in a way holding somebody hostage and whatever that person does to you is now your own consequence. Now, am yeah. I telling you to go on a rampage and, you know, yes. nuke your neighbor yes. because of this? Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I'm saying if a person will not get out of your way and it is eventually going to cause you or somebody that you care about harm, you eventually do have a right to defend yourself from an aggressor who will not let you move. Sure. And I totally get that. I agree as well. I just don't, if you block the road, I do not care what happens to you, but right. the, the, so for like the both sides thing, I'll explain one. I think the IDF and the Israeli government are just monsters. Like Netanyahu should be in Gitmo for the stuff that he has he has done and ordered, and the IDF are just bloodthirsty monsters. Mm -hmm. 
it's also and, and I'm not I'm not saying this in like I'm not saying this in a kind of mainstream right mainstream mainstream right or well, this is war. This is also a consistent war that has been going on since 1948. And the the biggest don't take this out of context. <laughs> the biggest tactical mistake the Israelis did was acknowledge the two-state solution. Because now, and I'm not, again, I am not saying this in defense of them or whatever. I am literally saying if they wanted to avoid all this, they should have bit the bullet a long time ago and done an ethnic cleansing like they want to do mm-hmm. and not and not toy with the Palestinians for 70-something years at this point or 60-something years, whatever, and, and turn it into this just horrific, horrific um, just game of like, it's like a cat toying with a mouse before it means like that's how it feels and it's two sides of people that hate each other and i intensely dislike what the idf and the state of israel do i also feel no sympathy or no not no i feel empathy for the palestinians that have hurt under this and in the people that i also just am a little racist um and i and I don't particularly like Islam <laughs> and I have no real reason to find a, a reason to defend them other than they were aggressed upon. I just don't care. I just, I, yeah. My only problem with this framing is the fact that I, Israel does get a lot of our tax dollars and a lot of, you know, oh, people... I don't think they should get a single cent from us. I know, I, I know, I know, but like Islamists really like, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but like I sincerely do not believe that they care about Americans at all outside of the fact that we fund and kill them. Like, I think if we pulled out, you know, all our support for dictators in Egypt, um, support for Israel or propping up different groups all over the Middle East, I sincerely believe that like most Islamic Muslims or whoever, they would be completely indifferent to America as long as Middle, we weren't fucking with their way of the life. Middle East, the Middle East would secularize. I mean, we, we, us and the Saudis made the Middle East the fundamentalist hotbed it was. If you look at mm. Iran and which also i hate when america ah, iran it's iran i have persian relatives so Mm. (laughs) um also yeah the christians on the on the in the palestinian territories i have nothing but sympathy for they have just been oppressed from every angle i seeing what happened especially with justin amash's family did you see what happened with that yeah yeah it's just terrible terrible the christians in the middle east are, are are being ethnically cleansed and and there should be an effort on the from Christians worldwide to try to protect them, um, but yeah, I I just lost my train of thought before that. <laughs> no, but, that, that's okay. So basically, like we were kind of going on about like the pro Palestine marches, and I, I think we're getting a little bit stuck, and maybe it's not a purpose or a good point to dwell on too long. But basically, like the idea of equating um, the Palestinians and the Israelis. Um, I, I guess my point would be that like. I hate the Israeli government for the fact that like they have the capability and they do spy on U.S. citizens and they get so much of our tax dollars and that they they're viewed so fa- 
favorably when they're a net negative on the U.S. and only serve to, you know, they, they serve U.S. detriment more than they give us any kind of benefit. And like a lot of U.S. citizens view Israel very, very favorably. Um, whereas like, yeah, people say, oh, well, you know, we gave money to Palestine or something like that. But I mean, like we give scraps to Palestine, if anything at all. Um, when we've given, you know, almost a quarter of a trillion dollars to Israel over the last, you know, couple decades. So like, I, I just think the proportionality here for libertarians oh, is very, yeah. very important. And we should, we should be a lot more angry about what, you know, what atrocities are being done on our behalf than, you know, the, which I'm very, very empathetic to the art or sympathetic. I'm sorry, to the arguments that Israel is a more Western culture, because at least to my knowledge and my understanding is that Israel is a lot more of a Western call. It's or, really know, secular. Culture. It's actually really outside of like Netanyahu and his Likud coalition. And like some of the, it's mm. either very secular or ultra Orthodox. There's really okay. no, like, that's why there's the whole thing with like Tel Aviv is the gayest city. It's well, yeah, because it's a bunch of secular, it's a bunch of secular Jews that went to temple and got told by their rabbi, who's also pretty secular to go. That, does that rabbi own Pornhub? No, no. <laughs> well, it's here's a, and that's another thing as well. I don't, I haven't gotten deep into that. And it's a, mm. I, a lot of the JQ stuff gets at me because most Jews you'll interact with in the U.S. actually a lot of them are not religious at all. It would be like it would be like blaming it, it would be like pointing at like the Unitarian Church that has the gay flag outside of it and going, "Look at the Christian question. Look at all these like it's like they're they're people that have brought been brought up that you know are shit libby in nature." because of there's a it's it's a very interesting cultural phenomenon and it's hard to explain if you haven't lived it and i've grown up in it okay so, yeah like, and so okay so like real quick i'm sorry to interrupt but like this is kind of why i don't dwell on the um the jq stuff because like i sincerely have only worked with one jewish person in my entire life so i don't know jewish people like I'm completely ignorant. I'm, I literally live 45 minutes away from Squirrel Hill where the church of life synagogue was shot up. I mean, I, I, I even like, I used to work with somebody that actually went there and I was telling or uh, talking to Pete and uh, brand about this last night, but, um, one of the people that I work with, Oh no, no, I was talking to Connor Freeman about this. So that's right. Um, we were talking this morning about some of this stuff and, uh, it, it was a very, very strange situation where like he was wearing the, um stronger than hate shirt which i'm sure you remember it was a steelers logo with the star of david at the top and it said stronger than hate after the church of life synagogue and they had him give a speech at the last place that i worked and then at the very end he took his shirt off and it had one of those you know stronger than hate shirts on, or he took his coat off and it had a stronger than hate shirt on it it was, it was almost like ritualistic in a way and i understand i think i, I don't think it was like some kind of jq oh they're they're their parentheses are taking over um i i think it was just like hey we feel like this is the right thing to do and we're gonna virtue signal because we believe that we stand with these people at this time of tragedy which like isn't entirely unreasonable but it, it was just like very odd to see being removed from it does that make sense well yeah and if you well and if you want like a, a an explanation for why so many jews are the kind of shit libby nature they are it's that you're raised and you're brainwashed from the start of going to temple about Israel. Like that's, that's number one. You are taught Israel. Great. Whatever you also, depending on your relatives will get 
a dose of the kind of ethno-nationalism that you'll see among like boomer Jews. There's a certain kind of ethno-nationalism. Oh my God. If this, if this ever surfaces like 10 years later, I'm going to get so in so much trouble, but I'm just explaining like what there's a kind of ethno, like it's like you, you, you will talk to these people and you'll get to the point where they go, well, why can't Israel be a Jewish only state? Well, why can't the Jews have their own state? And you're like, well, that's an ethno state. And they're like, yeah. And it's like, that's when they find So like they're, so you're brought up with this kind of mix, but you're also brought up pretty progressive because there aren't a lot of Jews in like deep red. A lot of them are in New York. A lot of them are in, you know, big East coast cities or LA or whatever. And you have this, you have this, this conversation of <laughs> the nose. <laughs> um, Sorry. But, uh, the you you have this combination of like this we need to support Israel, we need to protect Israel, this shit libiness, and then also yeah. you're taught that anti-Semitism is a huge threat and you do it. And there is a bit of truth to that depending on where you are. Like well, okay, so like I feel like the anti-Semitism thing is probably very similar to like the racism thing, right? Where like there absolutely are racists in the United States and there absolutely are anti-Semites in the United States, but like the amount that you'll actually see is nil. Like uh, when it comes to anti-Semitism, I'm going to be honest, I've never heard anybody outside of maybe some you know no follower accounts on Twitter actually be legitimately anti-Semitic. I've I mean, never Pete's met pretty a anti-Semitic. <laughs> I. I that's up for other people to decide. I'm not going to put a qualifier on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, just putting that aside. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I would say that you'll see it a lot. Like, okay, if I was a Jew and I had some sort of thing that showed my Jewishness, I would hide it if I was going through like a neighborhood that was mainly Muslim. I would go, I would hide, like, it's... It, okay, it's, but, like, how many Muslim neighborhoods are there? Like, and once again, you, this is me me speaking... Okay, here in rural Pennsylvania, once again, I can only speak on what I know. Um, I, I don't believe Muslims are a very, very big population here in the United States, and neither are Jewish people, to be fair, but, like... If we're talking about specific populations, then we know that like Jewish people do tend to have a higher income. Like Jewish people are relatively well off. Mm-hmm. So there's probably more Jewish neighborhoods than there are Muslim neighborhoods. And once again, I'm just kind of the, speculating here. Muslim but that seems to make sense to me. The Muslim neighborhoods are newer and it's mainly because of refugees from the very I think it's like post Arab Spring kind of refugees that have come in. Um and they've settled they've been kind of settled in pretty blue area. like i'm not surprised you haven't seen any um you'll see them in new york the thing is like a good example is new york city you'll have neighborhoods where it's you know it's a bunch of somalis and yemenis and arabs and whatever but you also have crown heights which is almost entirely a hasidic jew those neighborhoods won't really get along so it's it's sure. the muslim hotbed of austin there's really it's uh, <laughs> It's interesting. The dem- the demographics here are so different from what I'm used to up north um, because it's like Hispanic, white, Asian, and then black. Mm-hmm. It's it's very interesting. But um, I, it just depends on where you are and all that stuff. But getting back to your point, you're taught that anti-Semitism is everywhere. 
and you'll see things that make you think it is everywhere. And then you'll start seeing, and this is the other thing with the pro-Palestinian movement stuff, is that there? I have seen some of these people get into some really hairy rhetoric and start going after just like I saw, you know, and, and a lot of it is fear porn, but mm-hmm. I do see videos of, you know, a bunch of pro-Palestinian guys on a college campus going after like the five Jews on the campus. And it's like, that's just not, that's just not cool because they don't have any, they don't have any control of what's going on over there. Sure. Um, and it's, you know, and you see that type of stuff. And I'm like, again, this is the optic stuff. I don't want to associate if I'm going to be like, you know, as a principled libertarian anti-war person, if I'm going to stand by the principles of, you know, I anti-Zionist, not anti-Jew, you know, war is bad. I don't want to be associated with the same people that are like crowding around Jews on campus shouting from the river to the sea. I just don't want that. That's just not, that's not a good look. And right now is a prime opportunity where a bunch of Jews are moving right. They're moving very right. Cause a lot of them that have grown up very shit will be realizing that all the movements that they've supported for the past 50, 60 years, hate their guts and want them dead or hate their guts, not want them dead, but they hate their guts because they don't do the, the the nuance. Well, there should be a way to start trying to deprogram them from the Zionism and stop going, stop them from going the Ben Shapiro route and more like, for lack of a better person, the Spike Cohen route. Bring them. Okay, so I, I, but I feel like we're already starting to see this. So like, there are a lot of um, anti-Zionist Jews. Like, even when Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying, was looking at the protesters at the Capitol or something like that. Um, a lot of the pro-Palestinian and anti-Zionists were actually Jewish people who were anti-Zionists. So like, there's a huge sect, to my understanding, of anti-Zionist Jewish people where, um where I think like, here's where I think we're at a really, really strong agreement is that like the people who are starting to question us support for Israel specifically, maybe some Jewish people who were raised very, very Zionist, maybe they're starting to question these narratives. And I think we should be very, very open to those people and kind of give them the full context. And like you said, kind of keep them from going the full Ben Shapiro of saying, well, just glass Gaza. Um, now I don't think anyone like in the very, very big anti-war camp, like myself or any of the guys from the Libertarian Institute are going to argue with you about like some of the aesthetics of of the um, pro-Palestinian people specifically like, uh, or the pro-Palestinian marches where they're going out of their way to do bad things like that. Like, I don't think anybody agrees with that. Like my problem when people focus on the college kids stuff, these are already powerless people. Like, yeah, they're like a small symptom of the culture, but like all the left in power in this country is overwhelmingly Zionist. Like there is no if, ands, or asses about this. Like there's no debate amongst Joe Biden and his cabinet. They are all fervent Zionists. Joe Biden has said himself, he feels a deep personal connection. I'm quoting that a deep personal connection to Israel. And he is not a, yeah, that's because uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's not Epstein, Jewish. That's because Epstein was Mossad. Of course, he feels a deep connection. Oh, oh yeah, him. yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> but but uh, not only that, but I mean, he literally said that like, hey, if Israel didn't exist, we would have to create an Israel. So I mean, like, all the meaningful left here is pro-Zionist. Anthony Blinken, the head of the State Department, um, Lloyd Austin, he was just over in Israel. So I mean, like, Joe Biden's well, cabinet sure. is complete and total agreement that they're all very, very Zionist. It, it, but like. All the elected officials, people who have power, have called for a literal genocide 
of the Palestinians, right? Now, once again, if it is the Israeli government funding this by themselves, I don't want them to murder the Palestinians, but I'm a lot more indifferent if it's you, if it's Israeli funds going to genocide the Palestinians. I once again do not want this to happen. I'm not endorsing this, but like if it's just Israel by themselves doing this without, you know, the US backing them, okay. But Right now, Israel has the full-throated support of the U.S., and it's not like it's just one side or the other. It is both, all three sides, really. Kennedy is an independent. Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Donald Trump paid a little bit of homage to saying, oh, fuck you, Netanyahu, but he'll fall right back in line. Donald well, Trump has zero balls. I, I actually think that out of the three, Joe Biden is actually being better on Israel than Trump would be, mainly because, now granted, his entire cabinet, everything there, are Zionists, but there's got to be a whole cadre of Biden staffers just shitting bricks because they're seeing most of their, a lot of their voter base be very anti-Zionist. And if they, they can say all the stuff they say, but like, now granted, I'm not saying this in a thing of like meaningful change will happen, but yeah. like, you know that if Trump was in, because Trump's voting base is full of evangelicals that want Gaza to be glassed because of yes. their death cult. Have you, do you know kind of why the evangelicals love Israel so much? Like because they, they believe that it, they believe that the Jewish people are God's chosen people. Well, it's, they also want a war to happen there because they, because think, it's, it's the return of Jesus. Yeah. Right? They, okay. it's, it's not that they, it's like, there's the chosen people thing, but it's more, they literally want <laughs> that whole region to, turn into chaos so jesus rises again etc mm-hmm. etc et right so there's this very interesting like i don't think biden can yeah dispensationalism um i don't think biden can do as much as trump would mainly just because it's like well then you're gonna get more of your streets paralyzed like okay so w- w- maybe Maybe I view this a little bit differently because, like, I legitimately don't think a lot of the left really gives a shit. Like, they believe that Trump is Hitler. I shouldn't have said that because you can't say the. They believe that Trump is the 1940s Austrian painter, right? They believe that's who he is, and no matter what, we have to vote against him. So even if Joe Biden is a fervent Zionist, I believe that like they don't square that circle in their minds. The oh, same yeah. way that like right the, the same way that right wingers don't square the circle that Trump is basically Bill Clinton and wants gun control and wants to stick a certain medical treatment in your arm. Um, I, I don't think they square that circle. I, I think it's just these are the people that we've always supported. These are the people who we're taught to support, and we're going to keep doing that no matter what. I think that's the same for both sides. And oh, this yeah, isn't I, because like there's an inherent flaw with either side this is just human nature it's it's you are it's red team versus blue team it's the right. you know there's it's tribalism and I, yeah and i and i completely agree you know and i'm saying some of myself i am a libertarian will i probably be voting for trump next year yeah be, why because i don't care about federal politics and i want four more years of just the most hilarious shit every day like mm-hmm. I'm here for the clown show. I do not give a shit. Um, And the same, you know, like I I know people that are like, you know, fervently against, well, you know, you, I, I assume you've seen kind of the, have you, have you worked with like the blue collar Democrat types, like the Rust Belt Democrat types? No, but I know plenty of them because um, the, the town I grew up in, it was right beside a steel mill. Trump Fetterman uh, endorsed, endorsed, endorsed. I, I love Fetterman, like 
unironically, I love him. Um, I he's a complete mental <laughs> retard. Okay, well, you know what? This is actually a really, really good point. Um, yeah, uh, Billy, I'm with Lorenzo for the comics, but um, Fetterman, funny enough, he is a very, very he's incredibly Zionist. Um, he's a China hawk, and him and um, him and Oz, right? They were the same candidate. People can talk, you know, all the shit they want and say that, oh, Oz was better. They were both for Decepticoning the children, if you follow what I'm saying. They're both China Hawks. They're both Zionists. They're both anti-Iran. Um, they were the same on every single issue. Except there was no substantial. Like, no, hardly even that. They were both socialists and they were well, pro-COVID regime. They were yeah. the same. There was no difference between those two. Yes, I, I agree. I'm saying more that like, I don't think you'd see Oz, like, because Fetterman's whole thing is going off like the economic nationalist kind of union shit, whereas Oz would, I mean, again, they're still very similar, but their messaging on economics at least different. Everything else, I agree. I yeah, also, I mean, there there was maybe like a five percent difference. If if we're going to that, then yeah, okay, I would probably agree with that. But I mean, like the difference was nearly non-existent, and it's amazing how that, hard would people argue against this. And then, like, literally, if you looked issue by issue by issue, there was hardly any disagreement. That being said, Fetterman is mentally like not well. He's had a stroke. Yes, yes. he dresses like shit, which shows yes. the Senate for the clown show it is. He looks but people like he, people feel related or people feel like he's relatable though he looks, through that image. He looks like he'd be looks like he'd be crowd killing kids at like a hardcore show. Like no, nah, he, he looks like he'd be your uncle trying to give you a ride and bum a cig off you. He, he looks like the type <laughs> of, he looks like the type of guy that like under his sweatshirt hasn't taken off a hate breed shirt for the past twenty years, and uh, like. <laughs> Do you see that thing that Taylor said where there was like he went to a hardcore show and I think like around Pittsburgh area like 10 years ago or something like that. Um, but anyway, um, what I was going to say um, is that, yeah, like with the working class Democrats, you know, we both that's one thing we both have in common because it's funny talking with people down here. They don't have that. There aren't a lot of Democrats down here in general, but like the working class Democrat is this type of person that's like would, would be conservative nowadays if it wasn't for the fact that they hate Reagan and everyone after Reagan with a, a deep hatred because of Reagan making like, you know, getting rid of their jobs essentially. And they're yeah. you, like, it's, it's weird comment. They're like f economically liberal, socially conservative types. They're like, they're not on board with the gay stuff. They're not on board with whatever, but yeah. they defend unions to the death. They defend, so, and they'll vote for Biden every day of the week because they'll because be that's who they right that was who they were told to vote for and you know it's funny is that a lot of unions do pressure their um, specific individuals to vote blue because, uh, my, yeah. my there's somebody in my family well so my stepdad is a, a union electrician and you know I've heard a lot that like hey they really pressure a lot of the union people to vote Biden because unions donate I think it's like ninety percent eight or 90 or 98 percent of unions um donate to democrats yeah so well it's the thing it's, it's the same thing as like the, the 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 scots that are in scotland now that are economically conservative but they'd be caught dead voting for a, a tory because margaret thasher took their took their coal mines away took their seal mills away you know it's it's a very similar breed of voter um mm -hmm. 
And it's really interesting explaining that to people down here because there's nothing like that down in Texas. Your Democrats are affluent urban liberals. They're, or what's the uh, alphals? Is that term that Malice uses? Affluent white uh, female liberals, something like that. Like that's, that's your type of liberal down here. Whereas you'll have people up in the North that are, you know, they're even pro 2A. You'll have people that will vote for Biden every day of the week that have an entire gun rack. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, but, but at the same time there, people vote for Trump, but I mean, he was huge on gun control and mm -hmm. he didn't make that any secret either. So like well, I said, and I, I think you recognize this as well. Once again, it's just human nature. We've been told that, you know, if you're on the right, that Trump's going to save you. And if you just vote for Trump, then you're, you'll get your country back. You'll get your jobs back. And, you know, we're going to make America great again, even though how'd that go for you in 2020. And then yeah. for leftists, basically, um, they're told that well trump is literally the austrian painter so we have to vote against him because he's gonna ruin our democracy if uh we let him win again um union voting change for the 2016 trump yes win. that's that is, interesting yes okay. that's how that's how trump won he won ohio he won all those all those rust belt states because yeah. all those because hillary clinton hillary clinton is literally like the most shit like shit like <laughs> I, she, she's just like the most transparently corrupt person out there <laughs> the um, literal worst person ever yeah. to exist so do, do you feel like we kind of got to a good point with the optics of the pro-palestinian march like i said i, I don't think there's really yeah, much disagreement I, that's um, I, yeah i'm I, we're in agreement with that one and I, I just think that my stance would be just like let them fight take take a step back don't like Encourage people to learn more about not being as pro. Um, oh, I saw your thing. I will stop squeaking my chair. Um, that's <laughs> okay. No, that was a while ago. I haven't heard in a bit, but, uh, so, but um, I, I, I think basically, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. So it's like, you know, educate people about what Israel has done wrong and stuff like that. But I think that, oh, yeah, Scott tweet about the worst evil Bill Clinton did was giving us that dumb broad um <laughs> but the i love scott man i i would love to see it i wonder if he's gonna go to Childerberg or something like that i would just love to sit and he talk normally about does it. hell yeah um but i i think it's important to just be like yeah just take a step back let let this kind of settle don't don't go and be the loudest voice for pro-Palestine right now, that's going to hurt your movement. And it's kind of real politic for me to say. It's not very principled for me to say, but it's kind of a thing of just watch who you're agreeing with. And, and I wanted to get into this with well with uh, rally stuff, but. What we okay. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. So um, when it comes to like the left being anti-American, I, I, I kind of understand that, but you also made a point of, um, the left being brought up a certain way. And I think there's definitely something to this where like I I put out a tweet and it seemed like people generally agree with it. But like if you were told that capitalism is what we live under today, where the banks control pretty much everything, you have large corporations, inflation's out of control. Um, the mom and pop shops got shut down in 2020. Um, 
you have all these wars over the last 20 years and you're told that this is like we live in a free market democracy under western capitalism we do live in a democracy in the worst way possible exactly right but like if you were told that like this is what capitalism looks like i can't say i necessarily blame people for saying like oh well if this is the ancillary effects of capitalism then i'm against this do i agree no i disagree because um capitalism isn't this is just the voluntary capitalism literally is defined as like the voluntary exchange of goods and services right so we would not consider a over you know a huge blow to military industrial complex to be um you know a, a free trade or you know basically capitalism free market capitalism um i don't think that these leftists in particular let's say caitlin johnson max blumenthal ronnie Kalik, um or even somebody like misty winston who doesn't necessarily explicitly call herself left but she kind of considers herself to be grouped amongst them um, yeah. i don't think that if a socialist country was to go fucking around and destroying shit, i don't think they would endorse that i i think that they're they're very very i don't want to say marxist but they are very very sympathetic to the plight of people being dominated by and by a military force right so anytime they see an intervention that may be done on the behalf of you know western forces they're very very sympathetic to that um and some of them are even pro-china which i wouldn't necessarily go that far but i can understand it because like if you look at china versus america um China has built goodwill all over Africa because they've given loans to people. And yeah, but that, aren't that's like, all going to fall apart in a few years. No, no, right, right, no, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm not debating that. I, I agree. But like, they're very, very pro China because China has developed good relationships with countries in Africa and they're raising their standard of living. And they're not currently, keyword is currently, going to collect scalps for the money and all the infrastructure they built for Africa. So I, I think they're more so yeah. looking for the downtrodden and they're, they kind of come at it from a Marxist worldview of oppressor versus oppressed. And they do view that the Western imperial forces and the Western empire is an imperial force that is oppressing all these other countries, which I, I, I really can't argue with that because what else would you call, um, you know, drone bombing campaigns and, you know, displacing millions of people and slaughtering millions of people over the last 20 years, if not oppression, if not, you know, flat out just murder. I mean, to me, I, I, I get it. Once again, I don't agree with that worldview, but I think that they got the diagnosis correct. They get their prescription wrong. Sure. And I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I just see, let me think of a good way to put this. I don't really see a reason to like be an enthusiastic supporter of them. I think they do their fine work and I think it should be fine to be like, you do your work. I do mine. I don't think any major stuff is going to come out of coalitioning because it's it's a small enough movement already and i think that you start having things where okay here's an example of what where are some of the stuff i'm coming from do you remember the rage against the war machine rally mm -hmm. i think yeah, you were there. there yeah okay yes. so that's when you had your big beard yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll probably have uh, close to. I'll definitely have more beard by the time I go there. Not, not you know, this is a little bit, but I'll definitely have more. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Maine Secretary of State just took Trump off the ballot. Yeah, that's not going to hold up on the Supreme Court when it gets there. Like, yeah, you no... know what? And, and I, you know what? I'm pretty stoked. I nailed my prediction on this. I, you might have seen it, but um, everybody was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this." I'm like, "Listen, they're gonna pull. They're, they're gonna like roll this back in a week." Everybody was starting to forget about Gaza, so they need something else to get everybody riled up about. So they took Trump off the ballot in Colorado, <laughs> yeah, and no. literally, I, I tweeted that out on the 19th. And I said, in a week or two, everybody's going to forget about this. He's still going to be on the ballot. Everything's going to be okay. And then literally today, he's back on. And everybody, you know, just sees losing their mind about it. And then Maine does it. So you it's, know what's going to happen? The same gonna... fucking thing. It's it's like the, have you ever seen that uh, meme where it's like the Chad wearing the Q and I make America great, hat, like the MAGA hat and the Q mm -hmm. shirt. And he's like, this, all this is a ploy to distract from Hunter Biden's laptop. I think I saw it when it was like the guy, <laughs> yeah, from, the, yeah. at the, for the guy from the Wagner group died. Like the Pergozin is like Pergozin's death was <laughs> distracting us from Hunter's laptop. Pretty much. Um, um, but, yeah, yeah I, I want the court to let it slide to, so we get secession movements. I, I actually like that argument a lot. Yeah, I, it's, it's accelerationism. I think accelerationism is what needs to happen. But um, I want to say. The rage so against the, the more machine yeah, rally. Yeah. So I have really mixed feelings on that rally. And I'll explain why. I, from, from the So first off, let me say, from the people that were actually there, um, I think, did Ben go? Yeah. Ben went, you went. From people I heard that went, they were just, you know, it was a great time. There was good speakers and all that stuff, and it was a big thing. My biggest problem is when you start coalitioning with people, then you've got speakers like Jackson Hinkle. I don't care about the Scott Ritter stuff. I like, that's not, that's the least of my concerns. Um, like, the, the like, you know, that whole thing was screwed up. And I honestly, like, regardless of his convictions, I don't know if he's the best speaker to bring on because of some of his, like, he was just like pro-Russia instead of anti-war. Regardless of that, going back to when you have someone like Jackson Hinkle speaking, that's someone that just taints the entire thing. Like, it taints a lot of it because then you're like, you know, is this the movement? Is this the march that the the MAGA communism guy spoke at, like the actively pro Russia guy spoke at, you know, in it, in, and when you look at some of the, 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 the articles around it is as much as I, it was an accident and it was, it was not a fault of the rally itself you'll see shit where it's like, there was a bunch of pro Russia people there. There's that picture with Angela with the Russian flag behind it. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I just think it's a a big waste of time. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to go hang out with your your anti war buddies and go like march in front of the Capitol, that's great. I don't think you should be taking people's money to do it. And I think that when you put a lot of your time and effort into it, I just think protests are a waste of time. Either it either it turns into like either it's like inconsequential because at the end of the day. The, the anti-war rally was like a blip. I don't think I, after like two weeks after it happened, I don't think anything anyone really talked about it or anything happened. It was it was entirely in-group oriented. And from what I heard from Angela when she spoke, the People's Party or whatever is even in more shambles than the LP. So they're mm -hmm. barely they're just a, a mess too. So it's not even like that. Like they they got any boost from that. So. Or you've got the rallies where they're blocking people in the streets. So I just think that protests and rallies are a waste of time. And I just, and I'm seeing that there's another one going on. And I'm just like, man, I just, 
isn't there other stuff that we <laughs> that people can be putting their time and energy toward? Um, I, I, you know, what's funny is I don't really disagree with. I can really think of anything there because I do believe uh, Jackson Henkel's a clown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't yeah. I don't believe he's a serious person. Um, like I, how he has a following, I have no idea. Like because I didn't even know who he's who on. He he's was. online. Yeah, he's he's yeah. permanently online, and he and he makes himself seem like based. And the reason he has an audience is because then there's people that see some of like one or two of his takes that aren't bad and mm. give him these big platforms. And it's yeah. like the and I um. And I, and this is something like, I don't like the, the, the leftist tactic of like deplatforming. Like you shouldn't platform those people by all means. Yeah, but you... that's, that's not like a leftist thing anymore. Like no, right wingers are starting to, right wingers are starting to do this as well, specifically when it comes to people who they claim are anti-Semitic. Um, yeah, so I like, gonna, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I just, I, I remember it as like, you know, even like two years ago, it was like, it was sure. the big leftist time was like, even with people was like, you can't have, you can't support Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore had all these people on. I actually think in terms yeah. of leftism, I actually don't mind Jimmy Dore. I think he's cool. Okay. So, um, well, okay. Well, here, here's where we're in agreement though. Like left, like Jimmy Dore, in my opinion, is probably the best of the left. Like he is absolutely hysterical and he just kind of views healthcare differently. I mean, really, that's like probably the only major part where we disagree. Um, who's, even that, like, who's that pasta guy? Isn't he a leftist as well? Craig, yeah. Craig Pasta Jardula. Um, you know, it's funny. He said he, I actually met him at the anti-war rally. And this is what I think is a little bit more the purpose of these rallies, or at least this is the way that it was for me. So I met up with Clint, uh, Reed and well, originally it was just like Reed, but then like he, he was at a house with Craig Pasta Jardula, the Banks twins, um, Dan Cohen, who's done absolutely phenomenal work when it came to Israel. Um, and, uh, a, a whole bunch of other people who were like content, um, you know, content creators who I like never met before other than like Reed and Clint. You guys had and your I, hype house. Your 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 tick your your libertarian version of a TikTok hype house for all the oh yeah well listen I I brought two bottles of whiskey and we started rocking and rolling but like basically what was so cool about that and I also met Misty Winston there who's become a really really good friend of mine and like once again she considers herself the leftist but like she has done a lot to promote our guys um Craig okay so. <laughs> Tyler, if you can elaborate, why is Craig suspect? Because listen, I met that dude and I hung out with him um, multiple times at that rally. And then even all the people that I know that know him have nothing but positive things to say. I mean, like literally he stopped at the end of the night and like made sure that everybody got everybody's emails and was like able to communicate with each other. He followed me on Twitter and like made sure that everybody there that night was like, in contact yeah. with each other. So like, think, hold on, hold on, hold uh, on. Like this is to my larger point is that like, this is what I think the rally is about is basically getting connections with people that you didn't know before and building a larger coalition of anti-war voices altogether. And I think the rally did that successfully. This isn't like we're rallying and expecting Joe Biden to write a bill tomorrow and to end all the wars. Like if, if that could happen, it's not going to happen. That would be nice. But like the fact that we networked with all these people that we didn't previously have um, before, I think that's a huge net positive and we all found common ground on one issue and even like when we talk beyond that the disagreements are never that big um yes tyler i'd love to party with you as well, well here's here's the thing and I, I that's cool i just feel like instead of a rally where you guys are out all in the cold why can't you know if it if wasn't cold got, that, that well, weekend to be okay. fair <laughs> but like 
if I would rather my funds go to like Angela booking a really nice restaurant and everyone gets to go and like at least have good food and talk like if like if you're going to do a networking thing and a coalition building thing, that's great. Sure. But you should play politics like the big guys and wine and dine people and start doing that and and keep it behind closed doors. Or yeah, at least I mean, I, I, I understand that night. I don't know where I fall on this. So, like, when people start talking about, like, the Libertarian Party versus the Republican Party. Um, oh, I, I, I'm yeah, an anti-LP no, guy. You know, you know. Yeah, no, it's point. totally. Okay, hold on. I want to make sure I get to this here. Uh, Craig is overreactive to Libertarian Texas. Criticism Malay was juvenile and really sound like a sad comedy. We're going to get yeah, to okay. Malay. We're going to. Yeah, I, I have I, a whole thing. I think thing. that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I would like to believe that I've been the most reasonable person when it comes to Malay, uh, who's who's been skeptical and also positive. I, I would like to claim that title. In, Maybe I'm fucking in terms wrong. of in terms of the anti-war crowd. Yes, I think that you in terms because in terms of your crowd, I like um, I, I like your takes on Malay the most. And I was going to actually bring that up as well, because there are some okay, people. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe we should put a bow on like yeah. the whole anti-war yeah, let's, thing. Let's, let's, let's put a bow on that and then let's move to Malay. Because okay. I, well, like, okay. So like, uh, maybe we should just give like a little closing round here. So like, basically I, when it comes to, like the LP versus GOP stuff, like I think if you're going to play politics, then hey, maybe you should go for the Republican Party because like they already have political power and there's already like a path to victory there. And like it's not going to be easy and you probably won't win, but at least there's like something there. Um, but we should also admit that like the Republican Party, when it comes to preserving liberty, has failed. The Libertarian Party, on the other hand, has failed completely and probably a lot worse over the last 50 years but we don't know what will work like nobody knows anybody that's telling you like oh if we just vote republican party long enough we're eventually going to lead to liberty is lying to you and trying to sell you something anybody that tells you if you just continue to vote for the libertarian party that we're going to end up somewhere we want to be is lying and trying to sell something to you as well we don't know what works you might as well do whatever the fuck you're going to do. And like what I'm going to say isn't going to change everybody's mind anyways. So people are going to do what the fuck they're going to do no matter what. Um, yep. So I, it, it yeah. Response, I, any thoughts? No, I, I agree. I think that um, I think you're going to have more luck in the GOP. And I think that if you, if you don't want to get flamed for the correct foreign policy takes run for governor or something where you can work on domestic stuff, because I think, if the, I think foreign policy is very important, but if you can go and be, you know, your mayor and get a lot of stuff pulled back and that type of stuff or be your governor or be in your state Senate or something like that, that's more important. I think um, that's one of the areas where I do agree with Pete is keep local. It's one of the areas where I agree with though, you know, is stay local. Your state senates are ripe for the taking. It's a bunch of people that have never had to fight for their seat in their lives. Go in there, you know. There's some even someone like um, Blake Masters. I think he should have gone for governor because, you know, he because I think that I think that there are things where he's he's read some of the libertarian stuff and he's done stuff with years Rockwell. ago. Well, 20 years. And I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the Blake Masters guy. I'm not, he's not my guy. I don't think, you know, I love a lot of my Mises Institute guys, but I think some of them get really, really like he's the second coming of Rothbard or whatever. He's not that he's, yeah. he's <laughs> like, I think in terms of a Peter Thiel populist Republican, he's kind of the, a, a better shot than someone like joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah. like, well, you're saying it's like, I think that in terms of like a Peter Thiel candidate, he's better than like 
Joe Kent or like, or he's better than like Bannon. And I think as a governor, he'd be fine because you don't have to worry about foreign policy as a governor and you can focus on some of this stuff. Right. You don't have to pander to his. Yeah. I mean, he has done a lot of disgustingly. So, yeah. And I, and, and I think like, and I saw, and he's, I've seen stuff that he's good on Bitcoin. That's like, great. Bring it to the governor level. I think the LP is a waste of time. Please stop trying to 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 deal with. <laughs> no, David, I don't. I just don't give a shit about Blake Masters. I think he's better than the Democrat, and I would vote for him if I was in Arizona because he's better than the Democrat. Because I'm a. At the end of the day, I'll still generally be a tribalist. <laughs> um, but the the um. I think the LP is a waste of time. I think people that that invest a lot in it are wasting their money. I think mm-hmm. people have conned you and deceived you. Please do not put your money to it unless you want to go to a convention in a hotel and talk with people. Like if you want to treat it as a social club, treat it as a social club. Don't think you're going to act political change. All right. Bow on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, bow, yeah. I, 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 I think – like I said, the Libertarian Party and the Republican Party in, in the respects that we would like to see them have both failed as um, adventures. But I, I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah, I, I agree. Actually, stop I, giving yeah, I was going to. I mean, I, I met him at Yale and I, you know, it's a shame that he's a snake oil salesman because we. Oh, <laughs> he he hates me now and he, he probably doesn't listen to this. But if he does, I'm, I'm sure I'd probably get like a he has my phone number. I, I have no personal problems with him. Um, he has personal problems with me, and that's that's well, fine. Yeah, that's I don't like in terms of personal stuff. We talked about Mashuga for three hours. It was great. Like nice. he, it's fun. It was great. He's like very autistic. <laughs> um, yeah. But like he's led that he's he's conned a lot of people out of a lot of money, essentially with 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 a lot of the Mises stuff. Well, you know what? I I don't I don't want to say conned because I don't think it's like he's. I believe there probably is a faction or a part of him that says like, Hey, this is a way for me to make money. But I also do believe that he has like the Ron Paul vision. I just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Conrad is Michael Heiss. Um, I have his number on my phone. Yeah. So do I, like I said, I don't have any personal problems with me. He doesn't like me anymore. And I'm okay with that probably because I side more with the New Hampshire guys, but I mean, it just is what it is. Um, what he it does like, I, I, I think, don't, yeah, I don't think he likes me because I'll, I'll go to war for Josh Smith because he gave me a dinner and he offered to have me sleep at his place. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of politics. I love Josh. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not saying it as in like, I disagree with Josh, but like yeah. Josh is a homie. Yeah, well, maybe the most important thing about the Libertarian Party is the friends we made along the way. So true. I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met David. I wouldn't have met Josh. I I wouldn't have met uh, all that stuff. But yeah, I think, you know, getting, uh, oh, anyone else have a permanent cringe chase after watching Miles? I actually, he went hard on Meghan McCain. I've uh, I've not watched it, and I'm not. Uh, maybe I will. Maybe I will. But... I I didn't I I I didn't watch it. Um, yes. Yeah. I I I didn't watch it. Uh, I don't really care. I haven't really watched any malice since I've kind of taken a step back from consuming political media. I think he's very. I think he's important in terms of getting Tim Poolites away from Tim Pool because he's the only guy that can talk back yeah. to Tim Pool. He's the only. He will go on there and insult Tim Pool to his face, and he's the only guy that can do it, and that's great. But um, he, I mean, Phobes, he went harder than I was. He he like pushed Megan McCain on like the 
because he's like, you called for January Sixers to go to Gitmo. And she's like, <laughs> like, you know, sure, they're friends. And honestly, I, the best to them if he's like, yeah, I'm not going to go and butt roast my friend on online there. That's fine. I have friends that I hate their politics. I don't. My my best friend in the world is a hardcore Zionist Jew. I would take a bullet for that man. He's a guitarist in my yeah. band. We disagree on a good amount of politics, but I would die for that man. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny. Like I spend more time around your average Zionist right winger who just would do anything for their Lord and Savior Donald Trump than probably anybody that listens to my podcast or anybody that wants to talk about right wingers. Like once again, these are my fucking people. I've grown up in the fucking automotive industry. Also, sorry for like blowing my nose and like hawking no, no, and shit. I'm coming no. off being sick. Yeah, well, you, you've done a good job of not, um, you know, putting it right into the. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, basically, like I, I've I've spent more time around right wingers in the last eleven years than probably most of you guys have. I love these people very, very dearly. I consider them all very, very good friends. Um, my bass player it was at January six. I'm not even fucking kidding. My bass player, um, other friends that yeah, my other friends I have were at January six. Um, these are my people. These are the people that I'll probably live around for like the rest of my life. Your friend, your right. friends, are patriots. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's move on to um, Javier Malay, yeah. so, and uh, we'll close yeah. out on that. So yeah, go ahead. Give your thoughts on Javier. So I wanted to talk about because it has some of my other issues with the anti-war crowd, and it's it's and it's not you. You were je- you were like the the so there. That's funny. Me and David broke down our show. There was a, gr- a bunch of people that that dislike. There was a bunch of reactions to Malay, and the ones that disliked him either disliked him because of his foreign policy or because he was a Jew or wants to become a Jew. That's it. It was either it was either like it was it was it was the types that were like I don't like that he's pro Ukraine pro Israel or the types that were like but but he got vaxxed he got vaxxed what oh, he's he's in my enemy likes him certain specific people were like that but um. I, going back, I think that there were certain people that did not give Malay a single chance. And then six months ago, you can find them just glazing Robert F. Kennedy. You can find them just absolutely taking that dick deep in their mouth. And it's like, and... And David has a good point. I couldn't Argent like Argentina yeah. is not a player on so, the world so, stage. Yeah, I, the the way that I kind of look at this is that like ever since he became president of Argentina, if that's what it is, not prime minister, but uh, like um, yeah. he has stacked up some fucking W's. I'm not even gonna lie. Oh, yeah. Every single thing that I say where he's like chopping down agencies and regulations, I'm like that is fucking awesome. Oh, it's and, great. Like, yeah, so like I think you can be thankful for that, but you can also realize that like another country that lines up with u.s foreign policy particularly a president is concerning but it's not concerning in regards of like the president of the united states because like argentina isn't going to affect u.s empire that much but you should still criticize him for where he's bad and where he aligns there but once again like the 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 significance of this is pretty small now when it comes to rfk I, i think it's important to remember that like having someone on the left that can kind of bring people in from all over the spectrum and provide a different perspective on things that are anti war at least what he did in the beginning of his campaign now like i I think rfk is a joke like he's completely ruined all credibility in my eyes after this whole zionist thing but like 
Um, I think it's important to have somebody like RFK out there because he's able to reach a whole crowd that I would never be able to, you would never be able to, Dave Smith would never be able to. He reaches people who just, what, once again, we can't yeah. reach. And I think that's important. And my I know which part, hold on. I, I know the person that you're, you're thinking of, but we should always remember we stand on the shoulders of giants and this one particular giant has done a lot to make sure that we would be able to have the beliefs and say the things that we say. And he's done a lot of groundwork to make sure that like there is a libertarian ethos and culture about specifically when it comes to Ron Paul. I yes, just I, don't want people yeah. to throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's yes, like I, the most important thing. I, I have a lot of issues with Daniel McAdams, but I think the work he's done with the Ron Paul Institute has been overall for the most part good. I also will say with RFK, the crowd that he's reaching, I don't think exists. And we were talking about this. We were this is something that we talked about. This someone I bring bring up because I think it, it shows where you've grown up versus where I've grown up. And there's sure. a, a few different things. I know. So my mom, for context, for some context, my mom, because of the industry she was in, because she's also an artist, she's, she's a jeweler. She makes jewelry. But she also has grown up, um, you know, with artsy types and all the artists and a lot of hippy dippy leftists and kind of ones that are staunchly anti-vax and staunchly against big pharma in that type of leftist. And a lot of those types were supposed to be the ones that would go for RFK. Now, here's the problem. A lot of those people don't exist anymore. And, I, and I'm saying this, this is entirely my anecdotal experience. So I cannot say these things. But the Occupy left from 2010 is dead. And the reason I say that okay, is- Okay, but the Occupy right is dead too, because well, nobody there, yeah. there's no right there's no right-wingers that care about fiscal responsibility anymore. Yes, the Occupy right is dead too. But I'm saying, basically- RFK would appeal to the Occupy left, the anti-Big Pharma, anti-that type of stuff. That's his, like... He, he would appeal to... Well, you know what? Funny enough, Craig Pasajardula, he really appeals to him, and Craig yes. goes, to, yes. goes to bat for him. I, once again, I, these are audiences that we just... That we don't access, and I really think that we don't know. But well, once again, maybe I, I'm wrong. Yeah. And I'm saying that a lot of those... COVID broke a lot of those people. I know people that did not give their ch child any vaccine Watch that gave it. that, that gave <laughs> treatments that, that, well, no, no, didn't, didn't like get, give their children the inoculations in the beginning of their life mm. that were very, that, that made their kids and themselves get the treatment. Mm -hmm. I know okay. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the treatment. <laughs> um, yeah. I know people that, that you know were against big pharma every step of the way and COVID broke their brains in a way that i haven't seen and those people just it's they weren't like i don't think that that crowd exists as much anymore the overton window on the the kind of like certain issues will flip-flop over certain years and i think the anti big pharma anti VAX crowd uh, is now a, a much more right wing thing. I think the hippies. I, are... I think maybe I'm full of shit here, but like I think the people who think that right wingers are so dissident on COVID, I think they drastically overstated because still to this day, a lot of the Trump supporting people that i work with in the age range of 40 to 60 years old are still very don't you dare come in here if you're sick you better put a mask on 
Mm-hmm. And a lot well, of them celebrated the certain treatment from 2020 and 2021, and they would right. be glad to tell you that they got it. Actually, and even I in do. 2020 and yeah. 2021, they told me that I should go get it. And honestly, I think, and this is going to be the a take that doesn't is not very popular among our crowd, but I think in terms of 60 and up, I think it in it's in their best interest at the time with the information they were had to get it. Yeah, because that oh, was no, no, the, and I, I don't disagree with that at yeah, all, and, even for and, younger yeah. people. Well, I I think basically anyone under sixty, it wasn't as much of a you don't need it. Anyone under like twenty, no. Anyone under right. sixty, whatever. Anyone on sixty you. and up, yeah, sixty and up. I'd I even even now I, mean, I wouldn't recommend getting boosted or whatever, but like I, it, that's it's understandable. It's actually one of the few one of the things that I really like when Jeremy Kaufman goes on about it um because he he kind of there's a crowd of like well it was everything's all bad and it's like no let's approach with some nuance but what i'm saying is that and i agree with you that the right but i think that um the yeah tyler there's people that didn't get it in their five this is a this is a this is a virus this is a a virus with a 99.9 or whatever survival rate 97 percent survival rate even for people over 65 yeah the, it, people are going to be fine it, but before i get you demonetized i'm going to say that yes. kind of yeah and and, and that, uh, yeah, he said um, uh, conroll said i think carlson was carrying water for lockdowns in march april 2020 yes the right wingers were very very pro lockdown and very very pro covid hysteria in early 2020 it wasn't until like 20 george floyd that they, yeah it, re- it was i mean it, it really uh, wasn't even like till 2021 that they really started to like pivot on it and trump still has not apologized no, or said that he did anything wrong he, and i don't think he will but the getting back to the thing i think that the left that is i think that 2016 started the breaking of that that type of leftist brain and then you hit 2020 and any of those people that were those big pharma anti big pharma links they're either they would either consider themselves politically removed or independent or i think some of them did a kind of i left the left type thing now granted i think that's more of an online phenomenon than an in person phenomenon because yes. i actually i actually know a lot more and it's funny we've talked about this as well there's actually a lot of never trumpers i know i know people that were staunch because the republicans that you know and the republicans i know are different in my hometown all the republicans go to country yes. clubs and all uh-huh. of them are upper middle class upper middle class to upper class types that like yeah. Republicans because of Ronald Reagan and lower taxes. They don't like Trump because he's too angry and he has bad decorum and they're very straight laced uptight and you're dealing with working class Republicans. It's a different, it's a different vibe. And I knew working class Republicans as well and working class Democrats that went for Trump. Whereas there are never Trumpers that would vote for Biden. They just, they, they would vote for Biden again because Biden he's at least respectable and moderate. And that's what I want. Sure. He's going to make my taxes high, but I don't, I want someone that's going to bring dignity to the office. It's a very interesting worldview. You know, it's funny is that Tim Pool literally sounded like that the other day when I was listening to him with Owen, with Owen Schroer and Eric July. He was saying like, oh, well, you know, they're desecrating the office with the Senate butt fucking. And I'm like, oh, my, like Tim has literally become like a boomer. I, oh, I'm sorry. He's, I, yeah, I, hate I can't Tim fucking I, I can't fucking stand him anymore. Like the <laughs> whole, when the Osama bin Laden letter came out, I'm like, he's literally like my my fucking like he's like my uncle. When fucking you know when the nine eleven or when nine eleven happened, like they hate well, us for he, our freedoms. Well, Dude, yeah, come and, on. And he had who he had Clint, and it's like Clint was pushing him on it. He was attacking Glenn Greenwald. It was like 
that's one that's one leftist that I won't touch. I love Glenn Greenwald. I think a lot of the work he does is great. Mm-hmm. And that's someone that's a socialist <laughs> who um but I I I think what he did with Snowden is great. I think his other journalistic work is great. But mm-hmm. and I, I think that's another symptom of he's a on the left, but he's not accepted by the mainstream left. Because yes. as much as you're talking about how the mainstream as much as how you're talking about how like the right wingers that you know are not you know, they're still wear a mask, get a shot. Trump is our savior. Yeah. Even if they're, even if they're waking up on certain things, it's the same, it's the same thing to the, the leftists that will be like, I'm anti big pharma, whatever this, and it comes around, they're going to vote for Joe Biden. And that's my thing with RFK is that I don't think he was ever going to, the Overton window has shifted so much that the, because also the mainstream lib, even the ones that were anti-Big Pharma, are still the ones that religiously watch the news. And they watched in 2016, and they watch as how the issues pivot in the news where suddenly being anti-Big Pharma is something on the right, even though it's not really something on the right. Um, and it's 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 a thing of like, I don't, long story short, I don't think RFK was going to reach the crowd that people thought he was going to reach. I think he was a Democrat that was good on big pharma, but that's no longer a thing that, that, that exists on that base anymore. And I think those people are very different now or have their brains are broken because of Trump and COVID. Yeah. I, I think, uh, RFK throughout all his credibility. And, uh, I, I'll tell you once we're off air about, um, somebody who is very, very favorable to, uh, RFK, and like what what's going on now? I, I think you'll be pretty excited to hear about what I'm going to tell you. But um, yeah, I, I think we could probably wrap here on like Malay and kind of like the overview on it. Like I said, I've been critical of Malay. I think reasonably so, but um, you know, I, I don't 100% agree with Daniel McAdams, but I get where he's coming from. And if you I don't think Dan he's an talk, asset, I don't think he's an no, no, asset. I, I, I don't think so either. But like also, Dan McAdams has also kind of turned the other cheek on RFK as well because he's like, uh, well, now with this whole you know, Likudnik rampage that he's been on, he's like, all right, well, yeah, I think everybody kind of realized that like RFK's flame burned bright at first. His campaign was very, very interesting, and I was very ignorant of a lot of RFK's positions, um until you know this whole israel thing came to light and it, it burned bright and then it got snuffed yeah right like and, that's exactly the way that rfk's campaign went uh, yeah tyler this is this is <laughs> and and what and and also whenever you see me post a thing where it's a, a malay w and i quote it with but he got vaxxed i'm quoting toad every single time so if you see it that's that's okay every that's time. what it is it's every single time. And and I also think with that as well as like he could he could be a complete war hawk and I would still support him on what he's doing in his home country because what he's doing is just beautiful. Especially yes. like and it's funny because like even like he he ranges from like early Rothbard kind of like let he's like letting the air like the kind of air, airplane co-op kind of thing. You know, you see that where it was like he was de- deregulating the airports. Mm-hmm. Um, and giving it to the workers. And there's a lot of leftists that were like, wow, he's a left. No, he's not. He just read early Rothbard. And then he's read late Rothbard where he's talking about unleash the police. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, um, so it's, I, I don't know much about McAdams. Um, Joe actually knows some stuff, but I don't know. I don't, I don't really feel 
inclined to to be knowledgeable on McAdams because, uh, um, but I to kind of close out with Malay, I think also with his foreign policy, I understand why he's doing it because he's going to dollarize. He's going to dollarize. I don't if he's if you're going to buddy up with the United States, it will be a real bad move to go and be like, I hate Ukraine, I hate Israel. I think that that would be a very that would be a very bad move. Also, I I think that the Ukraine stance is actually, I just don't care. I think that there is. I think that um, Ukraine does have a right to defend itself. And while that's a very blue pilled thing to say, when someone says it and doesn't and is like, well, yeah, and well, and, I, I think the way that you and maybe Joe mean this is that not the ukrainian government necessarily but like ukrainian individuals absolutely have a right to defend themselves and their property well and 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 if if a country even if it's provoked like if i if i provoked you like the mike tyson thing it like that's the ukraine like if i if i well if i went up to you and started like taunting you and taunting you and taunting you and you punched me i mean i can punch you back I but it was still you. wrong. Yeah, it was still wrong for me to do it, though. Yeah. So, and that's and that's the thing with the Ukraine thing. And I think that there are a lot of libertarians that get very much into being anti the current thing that they become become like pro Russia, and it's like, no, let's back off. Yeah. Well. Okay. So yeah, I I agree with that take as well. That like you sh- there's people who are like pro the current thing and then anti the current thing mm-hmm. where like we should be approaching this issue by issue and analyzing things from our principles in the way that we um understand things as you know our political identity so what? like we're libertarians yeah. we're anti-interventionists you know and we should just realize that our government is doing the worst things in the entire world and we should always oppose what they're doing when it's bad specifically when it comes to foreign policy it shouldn't just be automatically fuck progressives no matter what and uh, while generally you'll be right um that doesn't that shouldn't just be your automatic reaction you should always have a principled stance and your own opinion on things if someone if someone wanted to run 3d printed guns to militants in ukraine fighting for their homeland I'm perfectly fine with that. If someone also said, I want to run guns to the people in the Donbass, I'm not recommending anyone do this before I, whatever. But if, if someone, if someone's like, yeah, I want to ship things to people like the, the Russians in the Donbass fighting for their independence backed by Russia. I think that's also fine. I think that's, that's the, that's the thing. But with that, that's my whole Malay thing. I am very excited to see what happens with him. He's a complete schizophrenic. I love everything that he does. I love how angry he makes leftists. And I love his rhetoric with leftists. I think America should learn from that. Even if they don't implement the policies he's doing, you like you there needs to be someone that needs to go on stage and go leftism in its essence. Every leftist is your enemy. And as much as I don't like the they want you dead narrative, I want a mob. I don't care anymore. I want a mob. I've seen what's happened to my town. I want a mob. I don't care what happens to the the. Oh, I'm gonna say things off air. Uh, I let's just say I don't particularly care what happens to the progressive that have ruined things. Bro. Leave it at that. <laughs> uh, All right, Lorenzo, go ahead, uh, plug away, and we will get on out of here. Perfect. Yeah, I um, I you can find me on Twitter at prog underscore enjoyer seven. Um. I'm trying to be on there less and less because I hate <laughs> that app and I'm trying to touch more grass. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Lorenzo underscore Silvio. Uh, no politics, please. I, 
I say this on my show as well, um, but I really love you too, Tyler. Um, my Instagram is squeaky clean of any politics because I use it to advertise myself. And I think it's nice to have a place where you don't see my political takes. Um, find the show that me and David Brady, who's been in the chat, do at Every Week is Chaos. Um, we um, put out two pre-recorded episodes past two weeks because we've been you know away and stuff we did one with uh dicky walnuts pioneers you know you know dicky and then uh duke chastain uh where we talked about black sabbath and pink floyd and music and all that type of stuff it was great and then we did one where we did a q a um so i'd catch those things it's great um and try to think of it oh yeah uh if you want to buy stuff off the muse institute i'm gonna plug david's uh, link if you want to get 10% off, go promo code Brady B R A D Y. Get stuff from the Muse Institute. Uh, give give the people there money. Nice, nice. I actually really like that. Maybe I'll have to uh, do that because uh, I, I do need a little bit more libertarian literature on my uh, bookshelf. Um, thank I'm gonna you do so it to much. get a sweatshirt. I'm gonna do it to get a sweatshirt for my girlfriend. Uh, hell yeah. Well, um, very active chat tonight. I appreciate everybody hanging out. Tyler, I love you too, brother. Um, I, I've been telling him that I got to get him on, and I definitely do. Um, you could find me at Kyle Matovic, as everybody knows. A Common Crown will be releasing our new single within two weeks or so. Um, it's going to be an absolute ripper, so I'm excited for everybody to hear that. Um, Lorenzo, I appreciate the conversation today. I didn't have an entire vision laid out, but I think we had a really, really good convo, and I think the chat enjoyed it as well. So, um, as always, we'll always do it again. And um, until next time, if you don't got anything else, we'll close her out. Peace. Thanks, guys.